going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fulfillment Podcast, where we help you break through in life, relationships, and finance. I'm your host, Josh, and I hope you guys like that new intro. That's kind of cool, right? I think breaking through is way better than finding fulfillment in. Because, I mean, we will find fulfillment in, but, like, the harder part is breaking through the obstacles and the struggles and stuff we have. So I want to try that. I want to try breaking through in life, relationships, and finance, because, Unless you break through those kind of walls that we set up or that we've kind of inherently build for ourselves as we get older, we're, we're never going to get to where we want to be. So I think breaking through is going to be my new thing. But getting into this one, so this episode is going to be, it's going to be kind of like a little esoteric and it's going to be a little bit of a check on yourself. Okay, I want to, I want to like talk about things that I see as being like hypocritical in daily life and it kind of bothers me. And I've addressed it with a few different people in my personal reality, but um, I, I think it's more relevant than maybe most of us may think. And I think a lot of us also fall into this. So I want to not necessarily like slap you across the face or anything, but more of like a check on reality and kind of like get you to be like, oh, okay, like be critical to yourself in a sense about this. So I want to talk about this one's going to be about like the responsibility of God, but like more of the the stories or the things we see in thinking we're better than them, right? The hypocrisies almost of today and the hypocrisies we tell ourselves and how we think we won't do those same things. So let's, let's kind of like get into it, but I have a whole bunch of notes. So this is basically notes I took from church. (laughs) can't get this from church on Sunday and I'm putting them into this episode and recording it to kind of translate a little bit of like what was running through my head while I was sitting in church because uh, the church I sit, obviously church is conservative, but um, he's very direct and he doesn't like hide anything. Like for example, this this church I go to was not shut down, not a single lick uh, during full lockdown for COVID, right? So it was 100% open and was not budging at all. It never got shut down and that's, that's good, right? That's how it should be. That's how it should be. You should be able to freely worship and it should never be shut down, and they're not. And the cool thing is, is like, there's no mask wear. It's, I mean, you can if you want to, right? But there's no shaming for doing it. It's, it's totally on your own. Like, do your thing. And uh, it's very like a free. It's a very free design, and that's you know how church should be. It should be focused on you know Christ and fearing Christ in your life, and not fearing the devil and the evils of the world. So, took some notes down, and I wanted to kind of just record an episode based on the thoughts that I was having from that sermon. So I think a lot of times, and this comes to, again, keep in mind, this is going to be talking about hypocrisies that I notice, especially with those in faith or those in the church who say that they are a certain thing, but then necessarily might not live that way, or they may not portray those same values or things that they say they do, right, in their daily life. And that that stuff, it frustrates me and it fires me up just because I think it we, we always tell ourselves these lies that we're doing these things to improve ourselves and to get to these results, but I don't think we understand the deepest meaning of it, and as a result, we don't see success or we don't see that happiness right that we're trying to achieve. So the first note I have here is we put our responsibility on God, and what I mean by that is we don't take personal responsibility for the things we have. I, I very much believe God is a part of all of us. God essentially is the essence of love and connection and that that inner peace, that that higher being, that greater self. 
That is God. God is a part of everything and a part of all of us. There is no like figure on a throne that's doing a thing. God is this esoteric, uh, like, Im- not image. It's this esoteric kind of concept that God is, right? We cannot comprehend God. And even, it even says that in the Bible, right? You will not be able to comprehend who I am or what I, where I'm from. And just as a child in the womb cannot comprehend the world beyond its mother, we cannot comprehend the world beyond death. We don't understand what is happening bigger than us because we can't relate to it. We have no sense of like grasp around it. So I think there's this sense of God that we don't totally understand. And he is within us. He is about us. He is that greater self when we think of it that way. And as a result, right, that makes, that's what makes us all connected. I think all these religions have pieces that all make the same sense. They're just branching off and thinking things literally in different ways. So we have to think like, in order to understand God, we have to get very esoteric. And this episode is probably going to be more esoteric because of that, right? I'm going to challenge you to kind of think bigger and like open your mind more because it's, it's going to require you to think deeper. And that's, that's what I want to do on this one. So it may not, this episode may not actually be for everybody, but um, for those of you that do stick around, like this is going to be, it's going to be like more critical thinking. Like we're going to, we're going to try and dig deeper here to understand like some broader concepts some bigger ideas. So we put our, we put our responsibility on God. Like he's a guy sitting in, you know, like Washington DC on a throne, like Abraham Lincoln. And he's just up in the clouds though. And he's kind of like moving these pieces on this chessboard, and he's controlling everything. And we talk about how God has a plan and God is doing things for us in our life. And there's this, this essence that things will, things will work out because God has a plan. And we kind of like put our responsibility on him. And what I mean in this regard is, you know how people pray, right? We talk about like prayer and stuff and they're like, oh, just pray about it or say a prayer for me or like do these things. Like we don't take responsibility when we say those things. Like I'll pray for you on that. I'll do this or whatever. And like, I think we throw these, this, this level of like responsibility, understanding, we throw it on this figure or this, this idea that we call of this guy sitting in the cloud on a throne. We throw it on this person called God and we don't necessarily understand what that means, right? I, I trust God that I'm going to do this or, uh, God's going to take care of me or God will show me the way, or, you know, I, I live my, my life. I go to church, so I'm going to be a good person or I'm going to be a happy person. I go to church. Like, I can't tell you how many times people say different versions of that exact sentence. Like, I go to church every Sunday, so I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be set up and I'm going to be taken care of and all this stuff. Or I'm blessed because, you know, because I go to church and I've got a family and stuff. And I I laugh and chuckle at that because this is stuff like I hear in my family. Okay, guys? So this this is not just me spewing off some nonsense. Like, this is stuff I hear in my family. This is, this is very like personal to me, and this is kind of like, this is what I grew up with, right? This is the mindset and the ideas that I grew up with. And um, it, it really it irks me now, and it kind of bothers me, because I've gone through a very intense, I'd say, self-growth period over the last two years, from 2018 to, 20, to the end of 2020, let's say 2021. I've gone through a very intense self-growth period. And through that time, I've been in and out of relationships. I've found love, lost love. Um, I've been in and out of the divorce, right? I've started businesses. Like I've, I think I've discovered my personality. I've discovered my spirituality and who God really is and my connection with, with Christ and my religion and stuff. I've really discovered a lot about myself. And it bothers me because through that growth process, I've understood 
and I think I can connect a lot of things differently now. And I'm not saying I'm right. By no means am I right. I'm always like learning more things and trying to discover better. And like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I read every single day. Uh, yoga and everything. So I'm always constantly trying to like learn and meditate and center myself and just grow in who I am and in my peace and always improve and making small steps every single day. So uh, by no means do I know everything. However, it does bother me when I see people act like they know everything and I know for a fact they don't. Like when you see somebody that's miserable and unhappy and like a hypocrite almost doing things that they say will make them like they're entrance into into heaven and stuff but they're wasting the talents that god gave them or they're doing all these things that like do not follow the path that like their religion sets up or that like the greater self or your greater being wants of you and it, it irritates me and coming back to this piece of we throw our responsibility on god all too often i've heard like i'm blessed or i'm i'm you know i'm taken care of because i go to church like listen Going to church is not what makes you a good person. Going to church is not what makes you centered on life. Like doing these little check the box things are not things that create like that essence and aura of, we'll say, getting into heaven. Okay. It's not what's going to create you and put you in your best path. It's not going to put you on your fulfillment path. It's not going to put you where God intends for you to be. And you could you could literally never go to church. I mean, I've I've bounced around. I've gone from Catholic Mass. Now I've gone to you know a couple different non denominational services. But like I go to now where I find the best message and who can realistically relate to the truths and the reality that's happening. That's that's how I find my place. But when we put our responsibility on somebody else, we we take that away from us and we almost give somebody else the power and control to change and to do things. And God doesn't want that. Right? Christ says in, in my favorite chapter, um, Matthew 25, 9, verse 9, he's, he talks about how those who have, been, who have the gifts and use them wisely, more will be given and they will live in abundance. And those who have the gifts and do not use them, everything will be taken. God gives us all chances and opportunities to go out and do amazing things. Some I'd say 92% of people squander those opportunities and those chances. Fuck, it might even be 99%. But the rest of us, right, the, the, the small sliver of 1% discover our purpose because we sit down and we center ourselves and we discover that we want to be more. We want to be bigger and we want to be able to help and fulfill this like life journey's purpose. And that takes responsibility. You have to retain like certain responsibilities. And when you throw this stuff off on Christ or God or Jesus, like it's not going to get you anywhere. God doesn't want that. Imagine you starting a, um, starting a, I don't know, a business or something, and then everybody throwing their individual success on you. Like, no, I need you to help and be successful because by you being successful, it's going to help other people in the business and the company become successful as well. And that's going to create a successful company. Stop throwing this responsibility on just me because yes, I'm here and I'm the driving force and I'm, I'm the one that ultimately has to make decisions on things, but you are the culture and you are the, the heartbeat of all of this that's happening. And I need you to start developing and becoming that person that can help grow others around you because you're more connected, you're more direct with them. Whereas I'm this, you know, this boss figure or whatever, the head of the company. And that's the same way God sees the same thing. He gives us these talents, these opportunities, and these capabilities that we can all do these things. And when we throw the responsibility on him, we're keeping it off ourselves and we almost delay or deny the ability for us to use the gifts that we've been given. And it pisses me off. It just, it's, it's highly, highly, highly irritating to me. 
that people do that. And I see it all the time. Don't forget, I see this all the time. So it's not like a one-off thing. It's just, it's something that like, it has to be talked about. The next note I have is, uh, I said, we look at figures in the Bible as dumb or like we don't know what they're thinking or that we wouldn't have done what they did. And as an example, I know exactly what I was thinking of. I was thinking of two particular stories. Uh, Pontius Pilate as one figure and then the disciple Peter as another and both of these during the crucifixion time now There's a lot of examples and stuff throughout the Bible on other stories, but I think these two lend the most prominence Um, There there might be I guess with Judas could be another one But basically the idea here is we look at these people We look at these stories and we look at like what happened and we think of these people as being like stupid Or like we wouldn't have done what they'd done because we're better than them and we we know you know We wouldn't have made these decisions But I think it's full of shit and I think that's a huge lie I think a lot of us in reality would have done exactly what these people did especially Peter so for example uh, I'll, I'll run through kind of disciple Peter's story. So during the crucifixion, right, when Christ was getting whipped and scorned and tried by the high priests um, before, I guess it was before everything kind of kicked off, but he was being tried for all the blasphemy and like everything else everybody was saying, right? When he was being tried, he um, Peter was being approached, and he was approached, I think, three different times. And what Christ told him during the Last Supper was that uh, he's like, Peter, you know, he came up to him or something. And he said, Christ, I'll never, de- you know, deny you. You're, you know, the, the one, the truth, the light or whatever. And, uh, Christ looked over at him and he's like, or Jesus looked over at him and he said, Peter, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I'll never do that or whatever. And then, you know, he stood up and he, he addressed the, the whole table and talked to everybody. But come to the actual crucifixion period when Christ was being tried Peter was approached three different times and each time it was so like if you can imagine right imagine being at like a BLM or an Antifa protest where like shit's getting out of control cars are on fire now buildings are getting lit up like people are running into stores and then they're fucking like beating down store owners and stuff like if you imagine those situations in that scenario now translate that into there's a person at the center of it and this person is being convicted of blasphemy and treason and all these other like high crimes like inciting we'll say inciting violence there we go that's actually like a real life story but imagine like these people are so pissed off and they bring this person up because you know they're inciting violence and they bring them to we'll say like the mayor or something of the city or even the governor i guess the state and they're saying hey this person you know incited violence and they did this and it's an angry mob and all this stuff and now off to the side somebody looks at, at a person and they're like hey you you know them. You know that person, don't you? You know the person being convicted. You know Jesus. And he's like, what? No, because if he says yes, then guess what? He gets thrown up on stage with that person, with Jesus, and he's going to be crucified. He's going to be torn out of the through the BLM crowd. They're going to throw him up on the stage in front of the, the governor, and they're going to start you know whipping and torturing him too. So he doesn't want to be a part of that. So he denies him, right? He denies him the first time. And then some time goes by and the trial gets more and more intense and more heated and somebody else goes, they're like, no, 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 I think you are. I think you are that person. Like, you're the one that was with him when he was coming through the city in Galilee on the back of the donkey when they were laying the palm branches down. And he's like, no, no, that wasn't me. You're crazy. You're thinking of someone else, right? And then he denies him a second time. And then the same thing essentially repeats to where it comes back to it. And he denies him the third time in a similar scenario. And then all of a sudden, that's when, like, it's morning time enough and the cock crows twice. 
And at that moment, right, Peter realizes it. And you can kind of watch a rendition of this in The Passion of the Christ. But I'm trying to relate it to real-life terms to get you to understand that we look at these people as stupid. Or we look at Peter and we're like, I never would have done what Peter did. I would have stood by Christ's side. Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't think a damn one of us would have done that. I mean, look at us right now with masks. Look at everybody in the fucking country right now wearing these damn masks. How many studies and bullshit things and all this stuff, how many things have come out saying that masks aren't even real? Like, they're not doing a fucking damn thing. We've never, we've never, we've never worn masks, ever. We have literally never worn them. The only time anybody has ever worn a mask is if, like, that person is sick and they're going out in public for some reason. It's the only time I've ever seen a mask worn in public. So we've never literally ever, ever fucking worn these masks. And all of a sudden now the whole country's wearing them? Like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? I can tell you right now, if you're somebody that wears a mask, you better be thinking twice about if you're going to be somebody that's going to condemn Christ or not. Because if you're sitting there wear, throwing a mask on your face like it's nothing, and you're saying, I wouldn't condemn Christ, well, something tells me that the social pressure today is a little bit less than the social pressure that Peter was dealing with when he condemned Christ three times. And if you say you don't think a mask works, but you're throwing one on your face, guess what? You're condemning Christ by conforming to that social pressure. You're not directly condemning him, no, but you're doing the same thing that caused everybody else to condemn. So think about those things, right? These are the hypocrisy things that I think about every single day that cross my mind. And that's why I don't wear a mask. I don't want to be somebody that can conform to social pressure. I want to be able to stand up for my wife, for my kids, for my family, for my brothers and sisters, for my friends and family. I want to be able to stand up for those people when the social pressure is so great and so intense that I have to do something that nobody else is doing. I have to be different than the rest of everybody else that's conforming. And I have to be able to stand up. And that's what I want to do. And if I can conform to masks, I can conform to condemning Christ and my family. And I don't want to do that. I don't wear masks. I know I'm not doing anything wrong. I've already had COVID. My doctors told me I can't get it or spread it. I trust my doctor's medical advice. The person that's actually been to school over any politician or news anchor. So I trust my doctors. I know I'm not doing anything wrong. And if I'm throwing on a mask, that means I'm literally only doing it because I am conforming to social pressures. And I want to be bigger than that. I want to be stronger than that. And I will take the ladies screaming at me in fucking Home Depot because I'm not wearing a mask. I will take that kind of heat because I know I'm a bigger person and I know that I'm standing up for God and I'm standing up for Christ and I am not going to condemn him to that crucifixion. I'm not going to be a part of that. Think about these things, right? These are the things that run through my head when I sit here and talk about it. That's why I want to bring this stuff up. But we look at these people back in biblical times and we think that they're nothing. We think that like we wouldn't do what they've done. But then in reality, in our truth today, we do exactly the same things that they're doing. Maybe even on a lesser scale. Right? We're not condemning anybody to death, necessarily, but we're conforming to the social pressures of today, which lead to that exact same thing. So think about what side you're standing on. Think about where you're at. Because are you going to be somebody that does that same thing? Are you going to turn to your friends and family when the, when the German Nazis start knocking on your door asking for the Jews in the basement? Or we'll say when the, uh, when the left, leftist... Um, Antifa mobs start knocking on your door looking for the conservatives in your basement? Are you going to turn in your neighbors? Think about what you're doing today and think about how that stuff relates. That's, this, these are the thoughts that I have. These are the things that run through my head. Because if I can conform to one, I'll conform to anything. What are you standing up for? Understanding kind of like what is truth? This is the next note I have. What is truth? 
we know what it is. We know exactly what truth is. Truth is what we feel in our heart and what we know to be true. And we know to be real and provable. You should be able to dig on the truth. And it should be able to be revealed as consistent and constant. If you believe in the truth, then you do not fear research or digging to find the right answer. I think this comes. So obviously he's talking about finding the truth in kind of like what's going on. I just heard... Where did I hear this? Oh, um, I'm going to start reading this book by Napoleon Hill called Outwitting the Devil. And in the book, so the story behind this book, Napoleon Hill, he's written a few different things, uh, investment books, Think and Grow Rich and stuff. Um, But he wrote this transcript. He wrote the manuscript uh, when he was alive and he ended up passing away. He was too afraid to publish it, to get it published when he was alive. So he ended up passing away. His wife found the transcript, and she, too, was too afraid to publish it. So she ended up passing away. Well, his kids ended up finding the transcript several years later. I don't know when exactly the book was published. But his kids decide to to run it and to publish his manuscript and to create the book, Outwitting the Devil. And what it's based around, it's based around Napoleon Hill. And I don't know if it's like a dream scenario or whatnot. I haven't read it yet. But he... uh, he goes through, and it's it's like him standing shoulder to shoulder with the devil, and they're overlooking these different scenarios and stuff that happen around the world. And basically, the devil is explaining to Napoleon, he's explaining his his plan and what exactly he's doing step by step to overtake and to control everything that's going on in the world. So it's it's kind of it's kind of wild. It's super interesting, and that's why I really want to read it. But one of the things they talk about in it is that. The devil incites fear, and he wants the world to live in fear. And that's like the first step and the first phase he uses to control everything that's happening. Whereas Christ, Christ lives in faith, and he wants his followers to have faith and to not fear, right? The opposite of fear, essentially, is faith. So he wants his followers to to have faith, to believe, to trust. And when we talk about that example right there, and we talk about how truth in today Look at what's going on in the world today. And look at all the things that are happening, right? When we know that the devil incites fear and that Christ incites faith, what side of the spectrum are you on that is doing those things? What side of the spectrum today are you supporting the side that supports fear and is building up fear and creating fear? Or are you on the side that supports faith and trust and hope and, and building something and believing in something? Right? What side are you on? You can ask yourself those questions because one side is doing that exact thing, creating this fear out of COVID, creating this fear out of wearing masks, creating this fear out of building fences and gates and stuff around the Capitol. One side is creating this sense of fear that there's another side that's going to uproar and become evil and tyrannical, I, I think, you know, that they're saying. And then the other side is like, have faith, have faith, trust, believe, like be faithful and everything is going to turn out the way it needs to. Do the right thing. Don't be afraid to dig on truth, right? That's that's the other side. It's it's funny because that whole um, that whole hearing went through, and there was like doctored evidence. And then when the doctored evidence was played next to the true evidence, you know, the true clips, the true you know full thing, then it was shown that it was disproven and it was doctored and it was wrong. And that's the same stuff that like the news and the media and stuff have been pushing is all this doctored evidence. So when put next to like full clips, the whole argument completely unraveled and it ended up completely being dismissed. 
So it's when we talk about what is truth, you can dig on truth. You don't have to fear hiding the truth. You don't have to fear, you know, like doctoring it. You don't have to fear changing it or anything because the truth is, is true no matter what. You can doctor it. You can hide it. You can cover it up. You can do all these things. You can, you can make people look the other way. But if you allow them the opportunity to look and you allow them the opportunity to understand, then they'll see exactly what that truth is and they'll come to the reality and like a conclusion on their own of understanding which one's true and which one's false. One may support a certain narrative and one may not support the narrative, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about what supports a narrative and what doesn't. We're talking about what is true and what is not. And I can tell you the truth is going to drive faith and trust while the doctored truth or something that is false is going to drive fear. So I, I think that's just understanding where the truth lies. I, I wanted to make the point on like you can dig on fear or you can dig on truth and truth will remain consistent. But if you dig on fear or you dig on falseness or fakeness, you're going to find gaps and voids and problems in everything that's happening. It's very, it's very interesting, but I think it's something that a lot of us, you know, refuse to do and that's 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 part of the process i guess like you want so badly your team to win that you're willing to close your eyes to the to the reality of things and to the seriousness and to the truth of it so you just have to ask yourself are you searching for the truth or are you searching for uh a certain side and then you can tell yourself if you're on the side of reality or not which is fine, right? As long as you can acknowledge like, hey, I'm not on the side of truth. I just want this person to win or I want this side to win, right? I want to be a part of the Nazi uprising. That's fine. I understand that. If you can be honest with yourself and understand like, hey, I want to be part of this uprising and I want to be part of this mass like re-education and all this stuff. I want to be a part of that. Then, okay, you understand the difference between truth and false and you understand the difference between like propaganda and true news, like what's actually happening. But if you don't, if you decline those things and you say, no, I'm not a part of this. No, I'm not a part of that. I am believing in the truth and you're not. You're inciting fear with your truth. Then guess what? You're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. And there's probably some digging that could be done to show you and to shed light on a little bit of what's actually happening that you're kind of trying to cover up or turn a cold shoulder to. So that's just my piece, I guess, my quick piece on truth. Um, what was it? There was another couple of things in here that I really wanted to talk about. There's just, there was so much in the sermon, but I'll just, I'll start reading through more of my notes. But I, I think I really want to touch, especially on that, that beginning piece with Punch's Pilot and how we like throw these realities and we throw these things on other people, like the responsibilities. All right. The next one I have, we always say you must accept God to be saved. But what does that really mean? Do we think that means something far more literal than it actually is? It doesn't mean go to church. It means find peace inside yourself. Okay, so that's kind of cool. I think I'm going to read this next one too. When you believe in the truth, you don't fear it being uncovered because the truth will always win. You can never cover it up. You can never doctor it to match your needs, but you'll always be revealed eventually. Okay. I'm trying to think what I meant. I think that was supposed to be with the top piece. But... Going back to the piece about accepting God to be saved, this is this this kind of comes back to not the same concept, but a, but a similar one, right? We we say we have to accept God, okay? So let's let's talk about this here. So we t we say how we have to accept God to be saved, like you'll be saved. Just accept God, open your heart, accept God in, and you'll be saved. But what does that actually mean? 
Because like, accept God. Okay, I accept, I accept God, right? Boom, there, I did it. Now I'm going to be saved. No, <laughs> not at all. You know how many people I know that say those things and do that stuff that are like living their most miserable life and are tearing down everybody around them and are just like not pleasant people to be around? Oh, tons. I know tons of people. Tons of people that have cut out of my life that, use, that like live that way. And that's because they, they think with this, like, this mentality that if you follow Christ and you accept God, then you'll, you'll have this like, happy life and you'll be saved. Right? You're going to be a saved Christian and stuff. But not at all. Accepting God. So getting back again to this, the concept of like, what God is. So we are ultimately like a spiritual being. Right? I don't care if you believe in the Bible, or the Hinduism, Buddhism, like anything like that. We are a spiritual being. And we are having a temporary human experience here on this earth. We come to earth to forget, to grow, to learn, and to improve ourselves as spiritual beings and to create this essence of greater self, right? We're improving our greater self. And we're trying to rediscover that essence and rediscover who we are in our spirit and our role. And by doing that, it helps us change. It helps us grow and helps us improve and become better and allows us to help other situations and do other things. We're all here I think because we chose to be here. We chose the life that we're living right now, our greater self, the version of us that we don't necessarily understand or know. We chose this. We chose this life. If I could go back, right? Because think about this. If I could go back and I could relive any life that I could possibly want to, I would choose the one I'm on right now. I, I would come back to where I'm at right now because I think I am becoming and learning and, and doing so many just wonderful things. I think I'm going to have a massive impact, not just on my life, but those around me. And I don't think anybody else could do what I'm doing except for me. And I think me as a spiritual essence, as that spiritual self, I chose to come and do this. I chose to put myself where I'm at today in order to become this level of me. And as a result, things are going to change. They are going to improve. They're going to get better in my life. But I wouldn't choose to have it any other way. Now, with that being said, God, remember? God, Christ, that whole idea, he is within all of us. God is that higher self, that greater being, that greater purpose. God is that sense of love that all of us have inside of us. We all have that, that human spirit of love. God is within all of us. So when we say, right, we go to church or whatever, I think the Catholic Mass is the worst at becoming the most literal with the biblical teachings, with the words in the Bible. They're literally the most, they are, they are literal. Like they, they take the words and they literally portray them into life. Like you have to accept God. Well, what does that literally mean? Literally, that means you have to say like, yes. Like you're like, I accept God. Like you almost have to like proclaim it or declare it. You have to declare that you accept God and, and like, okay, you go to church maybe, I guess, right? Like that's, that's accepting God. Now, what does that do for you? Doesn't do fucking shit, right? Doesn't do a damn thing for you because you don't believe anything inside your heart. You just went over there and declared a thing. You know, it's like Michael Scott on the office. I declare bankruptcy. Like, great. I, I, I accept Christ. Like, okay. Do you believe it? No, you fucking didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Now, how do you actually do that? What does that actually mean, right? Well, let's think of it this way. If God's actually part of each one of us, God is a spiritual essence that is inside of all of us. He is this essence of love that every single person has. 
He is the higher self, all combined into one, right? They say the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all combined into the same essence. They're all the same thing. They are all inside of us. They are us. We are part of God, right? We are God. We are a direct representation of Christ's image. We are God. Like, this is all stuff that's laid out in the Bible, too. So if we are God and this essence is inside of us and all three uh, trinity is inside of us, then guess what? You have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to be in tune with yourself. You have to find peace with your inner self. And how do you do that? Well, I can tell you, one, you spend time with yourself. You get comfortable being alone. You almost get to the point where you enjoy being alone than you do around other people. You have to get to that point. You have to get to the point to where you are so in love with yourself that you will do anything you know is right or anything you want to over the value or input of other people of external factors will have no influence on what you want to do. And when you get to the point where you can do those things and you are so comfortable with yourself and you do understand that, guess what? Now you're accepting God. You are accepting that the things that have been given to you, that the reality that you've been living in, you accept that these things are yours and you've chosen them and you take them as your responsibility and you want to improve them and use the gifts that you've been given and these wonderful talents and opportunities to make your life and the life of those around you better. That's what this whole thing is about. And that's what we have to wrap our head around. It's not about declaring that we accept some, you know, dude on a throne that lives in the clouds. We have to accept ourselves and we have to look inside of ourselves to accept what we are and who we are and what we've been given to use everything to its greatest potential. I had a conversation with somebody over Christmas and as I was walking out the door, the person told me, they're like, you've got to, you got to tell me when I'm, when I'm not doing these things. you got to tell me when I'm not being a good person. you got to tell me when I'm you know, like not improving and stuff. And it, it, it really kind of pissed me off. Not going to lie. It kind of pissed me off. But I, I responded back. I'm like, absolutely not. I do not have that responsibility. That is not my responsibility in your life is to tell me when you're not being a good person or to tell you when you're not doing the things you need to to advance spiritually. You're not being in tune with yourself. You're not honing in on your personal experience. It's not my job to tell you when you're being a terrible person. You have to come to that conclusion and discover that yourself. And then you have to make the conscious decision to improve it and to make it better. Because if you do not come to that decision yourself, then you will never have the drive or desire to fulfill it or to follow through with it. And I said that, right? I said those words to this person. And I don't know if they sunk in, but by the sound of it, it didn't sink in. But I think after having conversations like this enough, right, as you can imagine, this is somebody that's close to me. But after having conversations like this enough, hopefully, I hope that one day there is some sort of light bulb click and it's before the deathbed that something shifts in their mind so that they understand what it is that I've been trying to tell them and they can actually make these changes and make these improvements and all these things that like I've been going through for the last three years, they can actually start doing that themselves and they can find that growth and that inner peace. And, and those are the things that I want to kind of like convey and teach other people. But it's not my responsibility. It's not anybody else's responsibility to figure these things out for you. You've got to figure out. You have to be the person to figure this shit out for yourself. Right? That's why, that is why God gives us the idea and the concept of being able to have free will. Free will is so powerful and so important because if you didn't have free will, if you were forced to do the things that you do, right? If you're forced to have faith, if you're forced to find your spiritual self, if you're forced to dig within yourself, you're forced to 
to follow Christ, would you want to do it? Right? Like what kid when you're a child and you go to church, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but when I was a kid and I was going to church, you know, Catholic mass, it was the most boring and lame shit that I had to do all day. I just wanted to get back to playing video games or playing out with my friends out back. Right? That's what I wanted to get back to doing at home. Like it was the weekend. I could only play video games and, and stuff on the weekends. So I wanted to get back and play video games. Like that's what I wanted to do as a kid. And, uh, you know, of course, when friends are out and everybody's having fun and stuff and you're sitting in like church, like Catholic mass as a child for an hour, it's like, it, it like, <laughs> it's like slamming your head against the wall. You know, it's just like, oh my God. I don't care. And none of that stuff's sinking in, right? As a kid, none of that is sinking in. It's just, it's none of that's connecting. I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm almost 30 years old and that stuff is just now starting to connect to me, right? I'm just now starting to get it. I can tell you right now, I sure as hell wasn't getting it 25 years ago, <laughs> right? So like these things weren't happening as a kid. And when we started thinking about free will, right, we were forced to be there. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there and I wasn't getting anything out of it, but I was forced to do it. Now, if I chose to do it, maybe like if I wanted to go to mass or I wanted to go do something like that, right, maybe I'd receive it a little differently. I'd probably have a different outcome. I'd, I'd probably see it in a different light. And that's the idea of like free will. And God gives us that free will. And that's so powerful and so important because by having free will and by deciding to do something on your own means you actually want to do it and you will follow through and you will make it successful. Only when you're forced to do something will you resist it at all costs. That's the same thing with like love. Could you imagine if you were forced to fall in love with somebody? If you're being forced to love a person, right? You can't do that. You can't love somebody. You have to choose that on your own. That's why like the rebellious stage and stuff of like teenagers and like these girls sneaking out of there, you know, like all this stuff, like the rebellious stuff is because you're almost being told not to, but you want to more. Like the drive to want to do that is higher than you being told not to. You're, you're doing something that you're choosing as opposed to doing what you're being told. The free will will tell you exactly what you want to do, exactly where you want to go with things. And like that's why it's so powerful and so important. You can't be forced to love somebody. You have to choose that, right? You, you, your heart will tell you when you're falling in love with another person. Not like God's not going to tell you when you're falling in love. Your mom and dad aren't going to tell you when you're falling in love. Josh on the podcast ain't going to tell you when you're falling in love, right? You're going to figure that out on your own. You're going to know. You're going to know that in your own heart. It's because you have the free will to decide to choose and do that when you want. You have that free will to be able to do that. And that's why God gives us the free will to follow him or not. And that's because if we were forced to follow Christ, we would never want to. But if we come to the realization that that is what we want and we want to follow, and we want to, to become centered and we want to become connected with our spiritual selves, with our higher being, we want to be connected to our higher self, then we do that on our own free will and we do it successfully at that point. We come to the point where we actually want to do that and we want to do it a reality. If you were forced to listen to different podcasts and stuff and all these different things, right, you'd never want to, but you found this podcast and maybe you like a few of the episodes and you listen to them here and there and I say, hey, share it if it's valuable, right? But if you do that and you do that on your own free will, it, it really means something different than it does if you're forced to do it. We resist the things that we're forced to do, but we welcome the things that we choose to do. And there's, there's, a, there's an essence in that and there's a design in that. And I've come to learn that if I would have been put on this spiritual journey that I'm, that I'm kind of like going through right now in, in my life, if I was put on this journey here now 
like 10 years ago, I would have resisted it because I wasn't ready for it. My heart wasn't open to it. My mind wasn't open to it. I didn't want it. I would have resisted it. And then I probably never would have come around to it. But now that I'm where I'm at now, and I've gone through the things I've gone through, I was positioned in a way that the right things happened, the right sequence of, sequences of events occurred, that I was presented with all of these things. And now I want this. I want to like dive deep and become like very, very connected with my higher self. I want to become in connection with all of these things in my faith and in my life. When people say like faith is dying, I disagree 110%. I think faith exists in more ways than we realize. We just think they're all different, and that's not the case. Faith in a spiritual sense is the free will to decide and choose who you want to become and do what you want to do, given the gifts that God has presented to us, because we all have a very blessed life, and I think we have all been chosen to take this life where we're at. And, and we are the pieces, we are the ones that actually did that deciding. We are the ones that chose this. We don't remember this and we may not be able to conceive it because it's in a different life. It's in a different world, right? Remember I said this is going to be esoteric. We cannot comprehend the level of what is next beyond us because we're so limited to this physical world, to the physical body, to the physical things around us. We're limited to the understanding of what we have here. We don't understand what's beyond. Understanding free will and understanding your ability to think and understanding that Maybe you're not where you need to be because you haven't experienced what you have to experience or you haven't been awakened to accepting that you actually want to do these things, right? When it comes to like everything that's going on in the world, right? The political stuff and all that, all that, right? These people have to have, you can't just like cram truth down their throat. You can't force it upon them. That's not how like freedom of speech or freedom of thought or free will works. You can't shove that shit down their throat. They have to want to see the truth on their own. Right? If you want to think that the, the election was 100% legitimate, well, you have to want to see the truth showing that it's not. Right, Showing that there was actually laws broken in the election, that the election should have ended on the 3rd, which would have presented a different winner than whatever the fuck happened after the November 3rd. Right, I don't even know what that is. That's usually not an election. I don't know what the hell we call that, a party or a parade, I guess. They just kept doing things. Like The election ends on the 3rd. There's a lot of laws that say that. Like You can't go against the law. That's technically called illegal. Right? If you do anything against the law, it's considered illegal. So illegal things happened. Like if you don't want to understand the truth, then you'll shut it out. You have to be ready for the truth, and you can't have truth crammed down your throat. So think about that when you're talking about who you're communicating with and who you're working with. Right? If somebody doesn't want to accept the truth, stop sitting there and trying to shove it down their throat because they're not going to accept it. Let them go. Cut them out, let them go, and spend your time and effort with those individuals that actually value what you're giving to them. That's how I see this. Because I've had a hard time, too, with, with everything that's happening. I've had a hard time, like, cutting people out and learning that I have to change and, and do things a little differently. Right? I have to surround myself with a different group of people. I've had a hard time with that because losing people, to me, is very difficult. So I've, I've had a difficult time with losing people. However... The people that I now spend time with are incredibly valuable to me in my time and in what I say is incredibly valuable to them as well. And I have noticed an insane spike in productivity and happiness and just the people that I spend my time around, the environment that I surround myself with. I've noticed an incredible change because I keep myself around good company. I keep myself around the people that are incredibly valuable, that are incredibly rich, that incredibly uh, wealthy in knowledge 
and in like helping other people get better. They don't they don't sit and moan and groan on these ideas and concepts um, that just keep other people at bay, right? Keep people down all the time. So um, I think for the most part, that's really what I wanted to do. But just understanding like free will is powerful. You, if you have to shove something down somebody's throat, it's never going to work, right? You know, if you have to force somebody to get vaccinated, it's probably not a good thing. If you have to force somebody to wear a mask, it's probably not a good thing. If you have to force somebody to believe in like all this fear, it's probably not a good thing. Right? If you have to force something upon somebody, it's probably not a good thing. They should be able to come to that realization on their own, in their own free will, if it is good for them. If you love somebody, you will find that love. If it is good for you, you will want to be in that love. If it's forced upon you, you will probably reject it. Think about Peter. Think about the story about Peter and how Peter rejected Christ three times. And we think, oh, we're so much better than him. We would never do what he did. But all it was is the social pressures, the events and the things that were going on in the world around him caused him to cave and conform to what was happening. And are you doing those same things today? Are you putting yourself in a position where you would happily condemn Christ every time you throw on that social conforming mask? Every time you do that thing, if you know for a fact that you're not going to get anybody sick, maybe you've been vaccinated, maybe you've already had the damn thing, you're not going to get anybody sick and you've taken the necessary precautions and you're staying six feet away from people to where you're not going to do anything. I can tell you I've been a lot closer to six feet than people and they didn't get it, which is fucking insane. Just lends more very, uh, more uh, validity to the fact that it's like not a thing. But regardless, if you know you're doing the right thing, then why are you wearing a mask, right? You're wearing a mask because you're conforming to social pressures and you don't want to be called out in public. Guess what? Do you think Peter was thinking the same thing when it came to him? He told Christ to his face, I'll never condemn you. I'll never throw you under the bus. I'll never reject you. And then he did it. He did it three times in the same morning. How many times do you do that in a day? Think about it, okay? I just want you guys to think. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else or whatever. I'm just saying think about these things because these are the things that when one of us starts thinking differently and we start doing the things that we believe in and we stop condemning Christ, right, and we start doing the stuff that's right, when we start thinking that way, we give power to other people that are a little afraid or need to be pushed off the fence to do the same thing. And then it creates a domino effect to where everybody that has this faith, that has this belief, that has good morals and understands, you know, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. There's nothing for me to be afraid of. I'm going to stand up to the social pressure and I'm not going to rat out the Jews in the closet. And I'm going to do the right thing. When you start standing up to the tyrants and to the mob, when you start doing those things, you bring power to yourself. And you're, you become the person that's going to defend your family and your friends and your, your wife and your spouse and your children from the evils that try and take them away. Think about where you stand on things. Think about the stuff that you do. Think about what you do every single day and what side of that spectrum you lay on. Because it's a slippery slope and one step is the same as another. It's just in different times. So don't, don't cut those realities off as being different. It's the same thing. Being forced to the social pressure, being put under the gun, and deciding one thing or another. You can live a bigger life in Christ and in faith and in your morals and values that stand up for what's right than you can on your knees conforming to the powers and to the pressures that other people put upon you. Two plus two is four no matter what. You can't tell me it's five just because you got a gun in my head, right? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys liked and took a lot away from this. Like I said, it got a little esoteric and it is also very direct. I think this is the one that I was most open about my religion. I was most open about my uh, beliefs and my morals. 
And I think that uh, doing this, I think, is exactly the direction that I want to go because I, I hate hiding kind of things. I used to do that a lot, and especially when I first started this episode or this uh, this show, I really hit a lot of who I was, and I'm kind of tired of that. And I'm just going to be vocal about it. And I don't think it's overwhelming, right? I don't think it's too much. But, I mean, understand, like, these are the things that I believe in. This is why I am where I'm at in life, because I have these morals and values and I stand behind them. And I, and I won't, like, conform to these pressures. Now, now, mind you, I wasn't always this way, right? I wasn't always this way. It took a lot of growth and a lot of, like, lessons had to hit me upside the head in order for me to get to the point where I'm, like, enough. So maybe you're in the same place, right? Maybe you're in the same journey and path that I was in as well. But I want to help you, right? I want to be that person to give you courage and to help you understand that you're not alone. You can do this. And by one of us doing it and stepping up, we can create a ripple effect that can cause so many others around us to do the same thing. So I want to encourage you guys to stand up for what you believe and to stand up for your morals and your justice and your truths and your rights and to do the right thing and to give other people the power and the hope to do the same. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys took a lot away from this and if you found this valuable, share it with other people. I think this is one that I'm also going to share with a lot of other people as well. Uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe, check out Podbean, go follow on there, as well as Apple Podcasts. Go on there, like, subscribe, leave a comment for me too, if you can, and a rating. I'm just going to help get the word out and kind of spread this podcast a little bit more. And uh, other than that, I hope to, guys sees, hope to see you guys in the next one. All right, we'll see you.